Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Monday, April 4th, uh, voting is pretty much upon us. And that makes for some interesting times, folks. So I've asked, and he's accepted um, prominent attorney and really a nice mentor to me, J.L. Spray, in in starting to understand the local political scene that's been going on. He's a former um, GOP chairman at the state level and is currently uh, a national committee man for the GOP. And so I asked him to come on and just uh, discuss a little bit about uh, voting in general and and what's been going on in Nebraska. And maybe we'll talk about the special elections. So, uh, J.L. Spray, uh, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Welcome, Commander. Nice to be here. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Good. Lots of political activity, which is uh, good for the voter to get a chance to uh, meet candidates and get introduced to them and decide how they want to vote. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we've been trying to do our best, and it's certainly a very active season, uh, especially on the GOP side with the primary coming up and in recent events. What are some of the things that you see uh, with early voting starting and and what we've come through, you know, with drop boxes and as the process goes that the voters need to, you know, pay attention to? Well, like any emergency, uh, you learn quite a bit from it, and I think we learned a lot about early voting and and, uh, ways we can do it better. And I think it's it's improving, especially with the Dropbox situation and and, uh, Zuckerbox uh, uh, being offered to uh, basically expand uh, the opportunities for people to to drop or not drop. Um, I always say one of the biggest uh, things that we have to be careful about is who we give our ballot to. So the idea of of one person collecting multiple ballots on behalf of one candidate is is really a dangerous thing. It's probably one of the biggest threats to the integrity of the system. Uh, so I I would counsel anybody, uh, young or old, uh, you know, have a lot of respect for your ballot and take care of it. Uh, the nice thing about our system in Nebraska is that uh, the ballots are handled in, in a lot of ways, the same as, as by being by mail as they are in person. So, for instance, when you receive your ballot, you and you have to request it. When you receive it, uh, it should have the judge's initials on it, just like the judge's initials on a ballot when you're handed a ballot in person at a polling place. Uh, you know how when the when you vote after you vote your ballot, they tell you to put it in the sleeve with the judge's initials showing it at the bottom. That's the, the first and most integral part of the integrity of that ballot. It, it didn't come from anywhere, but an election official who initialed it. And then uh, you sign your ballot when you mail it back in, much like you sign a poll book. In fact, your signature on the outside envelope when you mail your ballot back is, is actually you're signing the poll book, telling the election commissioner that you, J.L. Spray, Jack Riggins, that you, that's your ballot and that you, you signed it. Uh, and then uh, when the ballot gets to the election commissioner's office, the only people who touch it in this entire process are an appointed judge, poll worker, uh, or, a, you know, an employee of the election commissioner or in some counties, the county clerk. And those ballots stay in the 
courthouse. They never leave. They never go anywhere. And they're there for 22 months after the election. So uh, I hope people don't feel intimidated by voting by mail. But uh, by the same token, be jealous of your ballot. Make sure that it gets to the right place uh, to be handled by those election officials and not just handed to to somebody you don't know what they're going to do with it. Yeah, I think that's great advice as you're talking, and I've been obviously researching all of, you know, pros and cons, and we know that there's a lot of talk about it, but it's almost like protecting your Social Security card. Like, you have to take personal interest in your ballot, one ballot per person, you know, realize almost that it's uh, it's it's as important because it's it's your vote. Yeah, and that's <clears throat> that's the thing about a voter registration drive. It's, it's great for people who want to vote don't know how to register, but you know, at some point, I'm jealous about my vote. I want my vote to count as much as possible, and uh, I guard it. I take care of it. I make sure, you know, if I'm going to vote in person, that I do it that way, uh, according to the law, because I want my ballot in that box. I want it dropped in that box at the polling place or delivered to the election commissioner and make sure it gets there. Yeah, absolutely. I know uh, Secretary of State Bob Evnen was on, and and he discussed a lot of the same topics and integrity, and and he talked about you know these are important things, and certainly you know some of the ballot box stuff uh, and Zuckerbucks can cause for uh, the election. You know, it's it that's a vulnerable point, but you're laying out a, a a good way of individual seriousness to negate that. And so, would you suggest for the people that can? I mean the best way is always to do in-person ballot or uh, voting? Well, I think so. I'm kind of partial to exercising my franchise in person. Um, I, I think it's uh, just a wonderful uh, system we have in America of in-person voting. Your friends and neighbors are the ones who check you in. Uh, people who live in your precinct down the street and uh, know you. And you know the other people in line. I, I think that's really the cornerstone of America is uh, balloting in that fashion. Yeah, that's a good word, cornerstone. I, I think you know the all communities coming together to you know practice democracy in our voting is very healthy. Uh, one of the things I was thinking about um, just w- real quick before I ask you about the special election is Zuckerbucks. I think we have learned a lot. You know, Lancaster County being the only. Of county that took them and, and nationally and it's easy sometimes especially my chair to monday morning quarterback but you said it at the beginning we've learned a lot through the pandemic and 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 different um different dynamics in the election yes i, I think that's the truth and like any emergency you learn from it yeah, and, and that's a shame on all of us if we don't learn from it. And uh, as we start to normalize, um, let's get back to voting, and that, that time is starting. It's going to be a real active season. Um, interesting enough, and I don't know the last time it happened, if it ever happened in Nebraska, but at least um, what we know is we're going to have a special election because of the Jeff Fortenberry stuff. Um, can you kind of break down to me? I mean, I've seen what the Secretary of State has said, but the importance of that and that dynamic for everybody? Sure. And let me say this first and foremost. Uh, Congressman Fortenberry has been a tremendous asset and public servant in in this community for, well, over 20 years. And um, I know a jury did what they did, but I still in my heart of hearts uh, believe that the congressman didn't do anything that constituted a crime. Uh, It's a very unfortunate set of facts and circumstances that led to this. 
I think <clears throat> I think this special election is a once in a lifetime, if not a once every hundred years kind of event for us. Uh, the last time, and I'm going to make a distinction, we're actually going to fill the seat on June 28th. So by July 1st or thereabouts, we'll have a new congressman sworn in who will serve the ballots of the term. That's what we're doing now. The last time we did anything like that was in 19, I think it was 72, when our congressman who had been nominated in the primary accepted a federal judgeship in the summer and a federal appointment and resigned from the ballot. And that's how long ago we filled a vacancy on the ballot. Uh, but the, the process we're in now is to fill a vacancy in the office. And uh, it, it's a, a once-in-a-lifetime situation. I think we're learning from it all the time. Uh, the special election on June 28th will involve individuals who are nominated by the political parties. Uh, if I understand it right, there are two political parties that qualified to uh, possibly put someone on the ballot, the Democratic and the Republican parties. Uh, we're going to meet an executive session, which is the appropriate committee for this, uh, this Saturday. And we're going to uh, nominate a candidate for that office. And so uh, the folks will have ballot access uh, through the political parties and then uh, the people have a, I assume there'll be a little campaign. Uh, so the people have a chance to vote to fill the office starting January of 2023. And then uh, a little over a month later, they're going to have a chance to fill the vacancy beginning on uh, June 28th. And then they'll have a chance for a general election vote in November uh, on the candidate to come through the primary for that January. Uh, position. So lots of voting is going to go on for Congress in, in this first congressional district. Yeah, I appreciate you breaking it down simple like that. And I do agree as, as I've read it and I've looked, you know, from the Secretary of State to the Governor to, uh, you know, state statutes. And what I like is that uh, it's being handled in a professional way. And, you know, it, 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 bottom line is it's a difficult situation because it hasn't happened. But what the parties are doing is, you know, following the statutes, if you will. And so we're going to get through this and, you know, hopefully you don't have this again. And so I really appreciate uh, your insight into that. Well, I'm a guy who stares at a lot of statutes and I always like to say Thomas Jefferson didn't write all of them. <laughs> uh, so we, we have to deal with the statutory framework we have, but it's actually the federal constitution that requires the governor in each state to call a special election within 90 days of the resignation or vacancy. And it's because the House of Representatives is closest to the people. That's why they elect every two years. Is It's, it's the way the people can accelerate progress, change, uh, good government is through the House of Representatives. So it is an important process, and I hope people feel empowered to participate in each of these three elections. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, since I've gotten on the show, that's one of the biggest long-term goals is to, you know, get voters informed and then get them energized to participate in 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 what you've said is, you know, our piece as a people to participate in the democracy and and to take our votes seriously. And so, yeah, I really appreciate your time. Any uh looking forward uh any hopes for you and and this electoral process? Well, 
nationally, I'm involved with the Rules Committee and the Debate Committee, and, and uh, I'll just say that uh, we're moving away from the Commission on Presidential Debates, the RNC, and I'm kind of proud of it after the last few cycles and how they've handled the general election debates. And again, the, the RNC will host uh, debates for uh, the primary candidates, and I, I think in 16, the party benefited from it, and so did the voters, getting a chance to see uh, the display of candidates and, and what how they look at the different issues. So I'm, I'm excited about the 22 cycle and the 24 cycle, because both are going to be uh, great opportunities for engagement for a lot of people who are very excited about what's going on in this country, one way or another. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. We got to keep it rolling forward. And uh, Jail Spray, I really appreciate you coming on Drive Time Lincoln for us today. Well, thanks for having me, Commander. You bet. Have a rest, uh, great rest of your day. All right, thank you. You bet. All right, Jail Spray, uh, former uh, GOP chairman, um, now currently a national committee man if you will, up in the National Party. And just some thoughts on uh, voting and some of the stuff we've come through. Um, The importance of your ballot, your vote, Um, different ways to look at that. Uh, But you know I'm a big proponent of taking our obligation, if you will. Not not our obligation, our duty as a citizen. It really is a duty. We don't ask much, you know, if you have a calling for duty to your fellow citizen, great. But as an American, one of the uniqueness in our society is that you you have really a duty and a responsibility to vote so that your voice is heard. And uh, we all know that, you know, over the last couple of years, it's gotten contentious and this, that, and another thing. But I thought J.L. Spray did a great job talking about the importance of an individual vote and, and how um, the mail-out ballots go. Um, I know here in Lincoln, right, we, we're going to have less drop boxes. But um, there's early voting, and uh, that is beginning, as well as kind of um, if you had been following the special election stuff, um, you know, pretty interesting dynamic because it's probably once in a lifetime. So, you know, just being educated in that process, I think, is important, and I appreciate him taking the time because he's very well-versed and has been a big part, at least on the conservative side. But let's be honest, if you've been in local and national politics, um, it really does take two sides. And we talk about that on this show a lot, which is healthy debate, um, differing views, but compromise. And, and so um, jail spray on the GOP side is one of those people that's been doing it here in our community, locally, statewide, and, and obviously national. So appreciate that insight. NCAA Final Four finale, meaning Final Two, is tonight. I'm curious as to who everybody's got. Um, My brackets are still alive. Your for bracket- the, time, the time being, I pick Kansas. I'm sticking with them. Wow. Uh, <laughs> hilarious. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give you some Johnny Cadillac background here in a second. When we come back, I'm happy to open the, the phone line second segment after uh, the bottom of the hour. If you want to call in, talk about the voting, uh, anything JL had to say. Uh, maybe the fairness ordinance. That's on my mind. Um, Sunrise News broke a great story about uh, is Nebraska public power even public anymore? 
Um, maybe the border crisis. Those are something I want to comment on. And and Brian, if you're listening, I have had a chance now to dig into Hunter Biden. I'm going to call it Hunter Biden versus Paul Manafort on the national, international uh, side. And I got to be honest, I have no idea what you were trying to say last time you were on the show. But uh, I'll give you my take a little bit. And we'll go from there, listeners. And we'll talk about Johnny Cadillac when we come back in the small segment. 1,499.3-KLIN, Drive Time Lincoln. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3-KLIN. All right, we're back. Uh, we're going to open the call lines. Uh, second segment here after the bottom of the hour. Johnny Cadillac, the good producer he is, reminds me every time that I didn't introduce myself. I am Jack Riggins, the host of Drive Time Lincoln, and Johnny Cadillac is producing. Often when I come in, I'm prepping. I prep usually in the morning for the show, you know, if I haven't even gone out beyond that prepping. And then when I come in, I have last-minute prep, and so I'm kind of busy, not necessarily paying attention to the world around me. And Johnny is constantly listening to the morning show. Well, he's listening to the morning show even more now while I'm trying to prep for Drive Time Lincoln because he's on the morning show uh, every so often. And so I get like a double dose. And today he kept turning it up as they were discussing items about me and the fact that I haven't taken you to lunch yet. They were suggesting that you take me to lunch in the process of my continuation on my journey of going to the munch madness restaurants and i was talking about how it's taking a financial toll on me and they said how how come the commander hasn't taken you out to lunch yet i to me number one i can imagine that as much as you are participating in munch march munch madness that it is taking a financial toll absolutely and i guess like richard who has um now set a plan for us to ride star tran together um I am probably talking myself into need. Is there time for me to take you for a Munch Madness lunch? Oh, that's t- I, I told them I uh, I have 43 restaurants down. I have 21 to go. Oh. I said I was going to try to have it done by the end of April. But yes, I have time. You just uh, got to arrange something with me. Too easy. Well, now I've got a lunch with Johnny Cadillac, which I'm happy to do. I guess that would put me into participating in a Munch Madness. There you go. Um, and so we'll go from there. Probably got a date with Richard on some buses, too. NCAA Final Four, I got KU. Why? Because I'm a graduate of my advanced degree from Kansas University. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. 1499 3 Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 
Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we're back. Uh, phone lines are open the rest of this segment here on Drive Time Lincoln. Why? Well, because I try to get them in where I can, and we have guests uh, pretty much all the rest of the week. Tomorrow, uh, former State Patrol Colonel Tom Nesbitt will be on talking uh, policing, funding, State Patrol, just safety and security. I know he uh, is out on a commercial in support of Charles Serbster. Uh, there may be some of that, I, I would guess, but uh, always happy to have him on and he- hear his thoughts on uh, uh, law and order, if you will, across the state. He's a valuable resource. Travis Filing will be on Wednesday, so that's why we won't have a whatever Wednesday. He is the third candidate in the District 3 County board race, and then we'll have had both all those candidates on twice, so... More than likely, they'll be gearing down um, to get ready for the primary. Again, if you're out there and I haven't got to you, or you have friends that listen to the show, or political strategists that want you to come on, I don't, I don't care what party you belong to or don't belong to. I, I feel it's part of my job to just get you on the show and let you explain your uh, platform and your thoughts uh, to the voting public. It's part of the education process, and. Thursday, and I think this is interesting, although it's a smaller race. Not, it's not really a smaller race, but we had uh, Tracy Rafier uh, on, uh, running for county treasurer, and Jasmine Gibson is going to come on, um, who is, you know, his opponent. So, you know, we're getting to hear all sides, and uh, we'll just keep rolling from there. JL Spray was on in the first hour or first segment i guess i don't have a multi-hour show do i johnny you sure don't as great <laughs> as it would be we're not quite there yet i don't i don't know if it'd be great i'd probably we'd probably have it for a week and i'd be gone <laughs> well maybe maybe baby steps try to add maybe an extra half hour see where we go from there yeah baby steps but anyway uh jl spray former gop chairman and uh current uh gop national Committee man uh, just broke down voting is very good basic level of, of vote the voting season and the historical nature of the special election and you know what I really took about uh, away from it was you know caring for your vote caring for the importance of it in in your individual voice in our democracy and uh, you know different ways you can do it of course early. Early ballots and ballot boxes and getting there in person, but you know we're we're in that season, folks, and it's important. One of the stories that broke today, um, in Sunrise News, <laughs> it's titled "Nebraska Public Power Now Privately Controlled?" Question mark. Really good uh, investigative reporting by Joe Herring, and I went through it. I looked at it. I don't have any background, you know, or my own investigation at this point on this topic other than uh, reading this article. And he he lays out an interesting platform, well, mechanics of kind of green energy takeover or philosophy takeover of the biggest quote-unquote publicly owned uh, power 
districts, if you will, companies, uh, not companies, districts across our state. And the long and short of it is, is that slowly but surely, uh, green companies and, and I'm sure people won't like when I say this, but more Democrat leaning, um, committees, groups, um, NFR, he labels Nebraskans for common ground, Nebraskans against corruption. But really, when you dig through those, they're not three separate entities showing you mass support. You're, you're looking at shell companies, for lack of a better term, supporting candidates to get into these positions and then drive that green agenda without really any thought to <laughs> our normally publicly controlled, keep the prices down and do what's best and reinvest the money, right? So that our, our public power stays low here in the state. And I guess my thought is this is while it upsets me and he's done a great job reporting is this is pretty much been par for the course folks if you haven't been paying attention even here in nebraska let alone nationally with far left agendas and the green energy deals where outside money with an agenda is flowing in to races in this case as small as public boards for these electric companies to then place people that will vote favorably, if not brazenly, to push the green agenda. And this also happens, it's happening here in Lincoln with different agencies that are getting federal money through grants or the county or the city for they're 501Cs that, yes, have a purpose, whether it be mental health money or the education of children. Adam Moorfield falls into this category. And they're getting monies that support that, getting their paychecks. But then as they go out inside of politics, they're pushing agendas. So here's the deal. That's nothing new. The Democrats in mass are playing this game really well. Now, if it's illegal, of course, it needs to stop. But they're finding ways into what I call the gray area, and they're playing this game really well. And they're bringing in outside money and PACs, in this case, affecting the balance of power and decision within the public power construct in Nebraska. And so it's really not neutral. So there's two things, right? Do you think this is going to stop? No. So conservatives and people that feel differently need to realize this. And, and at one le level, they need to up their game, right? Because I always say voting has consequences, and this is how you infiltrate and, ch and change societies. And number two, um, call it out when you see it. You know, call it out when you see it, like Nebraska Sunrise News has done, and Joe Herring, the chief investigative reporter, and, and, and write a great story so we can cover it. Because um, 
this is a hijack of the democratic process. That's what it is. So then you and I are thinking, oh, well, you know, everybody wants green energy and this, that, and another thing, and we haven't thought through it or understood the mechanics that are a little bit leaning on nefarious. I'm not going to say they're completely breaking the law, but they're a little bit nefarious. All right, let's go to Brian on line one. Brian. Good afternoon, Jack. Yes, how are you doing? Well, I'm at work right now, but I pulled over to the side of the road. Okay. So well, okay. Wait till Wednesday, but you said you're not going to be taking calls. No, so. we're not. But I'm glad you yeah. called in. So here, I'm going to give you just my overview. I haven't dug deep, and as you know, things are changing. As I recall, you were kind of uh, very accurately and throwing out some sources about you know the Hunter Biden scandal, if you will, is kind of hogwash. And you were also talking about, you know, Paul Manafort and, and really Rudy Giuliani need to be looked at on collusion with Russians and Ukraine, um, just as a big umbrella term. And one of the things I wanted to say is I've have gotten the time to look into both is it seems like the Hunter Biden stuff on the national media, and I'm trying not to just go off national media, but there is some synergy there in what the FBI is doing. And it also seems like on the Paul Manafort side, you know, that has been run to ground as well. And I just wanted you to clarify your thoughts on both those subjects. Gee, Commander, that would take some time. So I'm going to pass on that for today. Well, would you say... I'm glad you've looked into it. Well, would you say, though, that you are skeptical of the narrative as it sits today with the Hunter Biden laptop and all of that stuff? Well, I'll just say real briefly, there was never any doubt that there existed a laptop and that it had been given to the FBI and that Rudy Giuliani had a copy of the hard drive. It was what was on it and what was being alleged was on it and on uh, Tony Bobolinsky's cell phone. Okay. All right. So the FBI, if you look up Tony Bobolinsky. No, I know who he is. In fact, they looked at his cell phones. They said he didn't have what he claimed. It was on his cell phones. It wasn't there. And as far as the laptop, like I mentioned, the timing, because there's lots. Oh, why is it coming out now? Well, that's because Rudy Giuliani wouldn't show it to anyone who wasn't, you know, friendly to him until the uh, New York Times, through the Freedom of Information Act, got it from the FBI. Uh, so, anyway, so, so really- in summary, you're kind of saying it's a it's kind of a political hit on on the Biden family or maybe Joe Biden himself. Well, you said you said mentioned politics, things being political. And to me, that just seems like, you know, how can you really know what's true? One side says one thing, the other side says a different thing. And I differ with that because I think it is possible to know what's true and what's false. You know, you check the record of the sources or your own senses, uh, sometimes those can be fooled, but you just see where it mostly has been. And it's also possible to know what is good and what is evil. Sometimes you have things balanced off against each other, like when you're waging war or other examples I can give, but it's mainly what most people have thought for most of the time is good and evil. Now, I did want to do a correction of something that was not true that a couple callers had said. And even a syndicated host on Sunday night said, <laughs> when he said that the Russians were godless communists, which is why they were committing atrocities. Now, of course, you, being an educated person, would know why that is not true? That's absolutely not true that they are godless communists. Well, yeah, because Russia hasn't been officially communist since 1991, 
when Gorbachev took it out of the Constitution. Well, not only and, that, I believe the Orthodox Church is very big in Russia. Oh, yeah, the Russian Orthodox Church, uh, church and state are one. They support Vladimir Putin and his drive for a greater Russia unconditionally. And the Orthodox churches outside of Russia have condemned them as heretics. And, uh, you know, you really can't say gay there. They'll put you in prison for promoting homosexuality. True. And as far as their economics, you know, as far as redistribution of wealth goes, no, they have a flat tax. So the poorest person pays at the same rate as the wealthiest, uh, you know, mobster, except if you're the wealthiest mobster, you probably don't pay taxes at all, you know. All right, Brian. I anyway, got. I got. I got to let you go real quick, and we'll, cool. we'll continue. We'll continue more. I'd love for you to call in when we get an opportunity. Oh yeah, whatever you do, and I'm uh, home, and I'm not napping. Okay, have a good day. All Bye. right, appreciate it. Thanks. Oh, that's good. I'm glad Brian was listening. We we're just able to get that. I. I mean, listen. It's a big national story, and I think it's very. Uh, you know, we get outside. I love to cover local and everything, but I think that uh, a lot of Americans are watching this stuff, and I think. A lot of Americans are um, at least not 50 percent, but there's quite a few on the GOP side that are still very curious of the handling um, of some of the stuff from Donald Trump's campaign all the way through his presidency and some of the actions of the Democrats. And and then, you know, now we've got this kind of on the flip side. And and I think with regard to what Brian said, and I, I think it's interesting, it's kind of the first time we've actually been able to kind of clarify each other's positions but i'm not so sure that uh you can find everything as black and white as he was describing i I guess in this last little bit i i'm not there yet um or good and evil uh in these particular things Uh, and the reason is is on my side i i see a lot of politics i see a lot of uh, gray area, so to speak, not necessarily me personally, but how these are playing out um, from everything from the impeachments of Donald Trump to, you know, the way we are talking about January 6th, you know, now to to this. To me, that's why I use the term. I just see politics being played. I don't like that, folks. I would prefer that there are laws of the land and laws that are so concrete that we can clearly as brian was saying determine you know good and evil clearly determine um you know intent and it's it's just very difficult uh, and i think part of that is this great machine the internet and part of it is where we find our sources and uh, as we know mass media has really gotten polarized and i think listening not to plug for us here but just listening local to your community members and talking is how we kind of sift through it anyway hey let's go to johnny online too welcome to drive time lincoln hey thank you for taking my call brian is right on he's always back uh, i don't doubt him one bit um what i need to say today is just getting me uh, hey, Johnny, you're you're really bad. But what do you got to say about Jeff Fortenberry? Uh, I mean, three hundred thousand dollars for a special election. I think that he should have to pay for it. Uh, that the GOP should have to pay for it. 
or that we could just give the seat to a Democrat. All uh, right. Some, something like that might work. All right, right Johnny. At least, it, at least you had an opinion. Holy cow. No, I disagree with that. <laughs> uh, I disagree with that. All right. Hey, caller, we'll get to you. Um, in the middle of the break, we'll see if we can get you in because we're only have about two minutes left when we come back. Uh, interesting. Uh, my comment, I can't quite get to it, is, hey, listen, folks, here locally, let's bring it back locally. we got to get this fairness ordinance figured out. Um, city Council's sitting on it again. I don't know why. I've tried to talk to people. It's my opinion that they should rescind and then break it down into smaller chunks uh, because I think we can figure out everything that's in there. But the first step is to understand both sides and and begin to work together to solve all the issues that are in the fairness ordinance. 1,499.3-K-L-I-N. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3-K-L-I-N. All right, finishing up Monday here. What is it, April 4th? I already said that. April 4th. Oh, JL Spray was on, uh, former GOP chair and uh, GOP national committee man. We were talking about voting just the importance of it, uh, how it goes down as um, ballots and early voting. I mean, we're basically into the process now, folks, as well as uh, talking about the special election and just kind of clarifying that. And I appreciate his time coming on the show. The rest of the show, uh, we talked about a lot of different issues. I appreciate Brian calling in uh, so we could clarify a few things about his thoughts on Hunter Biden and and Paul Manafort. And and we'll have more on that because he's clearly passionate about that. I think you need to really take a look at Nebraska Sunrise's article on Nebraska public power and the dynamics there, because I, I feel that that is just the dynamics of politics today with outside money and, uh, you know, not necessarily illegal, but, uh, you know, gray areas to uh, get candidates to push agendas. And I think that's dangerous. And I think it's actually more dangerous in a state like ours that's smaller and, you know, all of a sudden values that, uh, we all hold dear are not what the people elected to different positions are doing in in the case of public power you know you see a push for green energy that maybe doesn't represent all of us fairness ordinance uh a city council we need to get that figured out you know i think we need to rescind it and i think we need to uh you know rework it one thing at a time and we'll get it right it may take some time and understand both sides uh ben called in in the break and he had a great uh, point uh money is driving all this political BS that we're talking about. You know, good, bad, evil, gray areas. There's too much money in politics. Too much money driving it, and that's the root of all the causes. I'm never going to change on that. 1,499.3 KLIN. Have a great night.